Welcome to the Spiritual Life Management Podcast, where we help you bring balance in your life and live to your fullest potential with your host, Gretchen Smith. Hey, welcome to the show today. This is your host, Gretchen Smith. I have an amazing guest today. His name is Cameron Harmon of Hermit Radio, and he is a fellow podcaster. Cameron is very much a like-minded individual. We both have a passion for spirituality, wellness, self-improvement, and podcasting, of course. It seems we both like to spread that there is so much more to life and happiness than just going out and going through the motions of the modern day hustle and grind. So welcome, Cameron. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Gretchen. I'm very happy to be here. Thank you again for having me. Absolutely. So Cameron and I have chatted before, and I think his story is just absolutely fascinating. And I believe that you guys will really enjoy his message and his story today. Cameron, would you please, if you don't mind, just give us a little bit of a backstory of your upbringing and how you got to where you are today? Yeah. You know, I was like most middle-aged people. You know, I grew up in a regular, typical American environment. You know, there wasn't really anything abnormal about my early life. Most people would say I was a very nice kid. You know, I held the door open for people and smiled and was, you know, inquisitive and asked questions. And before high school, 9-11 happened. Mm-hmm. And I was motivated by 9-11 to join the military. My family had all been in the military. And I kind of wanted, I mean, it, it already had been in my mind to carry on that tradition. But then when 9-11 happened, that was the nail on the coffin. And I signed up. I left right after high school. And in 2011 to 2012, I was deployed to Afghanistan. And during my time in Afghanistan, and we'll, we can discuss this later in depth because this will be a good part of the conversation. But, sure. um, you know, I had some experiences that were traumatic and left me with uncertainty and kind of self-hatred and hatred for other people when I got out of the military and it led to some self-destructive behavior. All that being said, as you know, briefly as I can put it, led me to hitting rock bottom and asking the most important question I ever asked myself, which is, why am I suffering so much? And then that single question led to uh, a spiritual awakening and knowledge and wisdom that I attained from you know seemingly nowhere started to fill my my mind my heart and my soul i truly was awake and i created a podcast hermit radio for people that are going through that experience right now because you know you do have to do it on your own but it is okay to have help and that's ultimately what we can all do for each other is be there for each other and i didn't have that but that was just part of my journey And so now I try to do that for other people. I try to bring a message of love and peace and honesty to other people in a time when we so desperately need it. Right. Absolutely. We definitely need it right now. Now, was your spiritual awakening process, you said you basically just woke, was it over a period of time or did it happen almost instantaneously? You know, I've often tried to think about that to remember when the exact moment was. And I don't know if there is a great answer to that. It it would definitely felt like at times it's been, you know, sometimes it feels like I'm still going through the process. And then there's other times where I feel so awake that it's like, it feels like ages ago, it already feels like a whole nother lifetime since before. And I'll tell you the interesting thing is that when I think about my life 
prior to these experiences, um, it's almost like I really was asleep. You know, sometimes I even have a hard time remembering what that was like, you know, on a daily basis. What was I thinking of? What was I doing? Who was at the wheel during that time? Right. Compared to now where it's just different. In what way would you say it's different now? Mm. Every waking moment that I am experiencing breath, I am thinking about what I can do to better myself or work on these these minor things, these things that we call self-mastery. And I often wonder about things happening on the planet and what I can do to influence or help them. If it's on a small level or even on a big level, you know, I definitely would say that I'm still a dreamer and that I have wild dreams of someday changing the world and helping it be a better place. But also in the back of my mind, this is what's different is that I know that it's not all up to me. I know that everything that happens in the universe is happening as it's supposed to happen for a reason. And whatever I do in this life is just part of that, whether it's big or small. Just completely agree with you there. That's for sure. So I have a question for you. You were in the military for quite a while and you obviously saw a lot of uh, traumatic things and experienced them as well. What would your advice be to somebody that is getting out of the military or somebody that's really faced a lot of trauma in their life? It sounds like you were really suffering and has that suffering subsided? And if somebody is suffering right now, what advice would you have? Yes, definitely. Um, And thank you for asking that question. Mm -hmm. So the the thing that I would remind people in any form of suffering or, you know, mental instability or emotional instability is that whatever is ailing you, whatever is causing you suffering is most of the time self-inflicted. Or if it's not self-inflicted, it's often a way for us to learn. And this is the painful part. People who listen to that could obviously come up with a thousand reasons. Well, well, why did that person die? Why did this person get raped? Why did this child die from cancer? And the unfortunate thing is that I don't have the answers because I am living in this mortal existence and it's not for me to know. It's not for any of us to know. It is, in fact, for the universe or the one thing that we call God or source or a higher power or whatever it is you want to call that thing. The reality is that Our reality is created from that. Every atom that is surrounding us is involved in the process. And when we have traumatic events come up in our lives, it is painful. There is not a way to make it less painful. But what you can do is transcend the negativity that you're placing on it because it's just a projection. You can change the way that you see it. If you take this negative event, for me, example, being in Afghanistan and being blown up in a roadside bomb and being really angry with the people that were there. When I was ready to change and I was ready to accept how I felt about it, what came to me from this experience was that you are learning how to love people unconditionally. And to do this, you have to forgive them, everyone. That's part of this path. That's part of being spiritual and really part of a religion if we truly want to embrace and accept it for what it actually is, is loving everyone unconditionally. And the only way I could do that was to forgive those people for what they did. And so I had to ask myself, how do I forgive somebody that did this to me? And I realized that they didn't do it to me. I did it to myself. 
I am the one that enlisted in the military. I am the one that chose the job that I chose. I am the one that wanted to go to Afghanistan. I did. I wanted to go there. It wasn't only until after some suffering been experienced in my life that then I placed blame on somebody else through projection. And when I accepted that I am the one that made the choice to go there in the first place, the burden of suffering was released and I was able to see it in a different light. And I don't want to confuse or lie to anyone. It's not like I'm going to do something or tell you to do something that will take away this pain in an instant or or what have you. The inner work is what's important, and that lies within yourself. What I'm saying is that you have the choice to see, to change how you see these events. Absolutely. I am so happy that you brought this up today because I completely believe everything that you're saying. I come from that same exact mindset. It is very difficult for people that are going through a lot of suffering sometimes to be able to understand or see that it's often their perception or they want to stay in victimhood. It is very difficult for people to forgive. Conversation just came up to me that I had with an individual that had a very difficult situation. I asked them, you know, can you just forgive so-and-so for the situation? And they said, no, I don't think I ever can. What would be your advice in that circumstance? Well, it has to be, you have to want to forgive. And I think that there's probably two parts that I can see this situation and how I would address it in my own life. The first part is that you can't heal it if you don't feel it. So if you are feeling anger or despair or any kind of feeling towards someone else that is keeping you from forgiving them or loving them unconditionally, then there is something there that needs to still be worked on. Until you can truly forgive and love unconditionally everyone, you will continue to suffer. And the second part of that is that why? Why is this important? Why do you have to forgive even if it's the last person on the earth that you still just despise and you can't forgive them, why is that important? Well, the answer lies within itself. If that is truly the last person left on the planet that you were really angry with and that you just cannot forgive, then your job has actually become quite easy. You now have the biggest target in your life that is leading you to self-development, self-mastery. It's right in front of you, this one person. And the key to forgiveness is within yourself. Nothing that you think about that person currently is going to change your perception of them. You and only you can change your perception of how you see someone. So it is, if you want, and if you can, it is up to you to change your perception of how you see this person. You have to find a way to forgive them and not half-ass forgive them, not just give them you know, well, all right, you know what, I need to do this for my spiritual practice or for my belief. I need to forgive you. So I'm going to, but then in the back of your mind, you're still judging them and you're still giving them a hard time and you're still criticizing them. That doesn't help either. You have to completely and without any hesitation, just give it up because the only thing that is keeping you from being at peace is yourself. That's so powerful. So powerful. Thank you for sharing that. And do you use any tools today that help keep you in the space of forgiveness? Mm. 
I I have a few things that I do. You know, I meditate. I try to meditate every day. And that place, you know, that space is a constant reminder of bliss and the love that is the universe. And I try to go to that place because that's really where I want to be. You know, it's hard sometimes because I get so involved in the human experience that I often just want to sit and meditate all day and not do anything else. Right. <laughs> um, but that's, it's difficult, you know, it's not, it's not really helping yourself and it's not really helping the people around you. As unfortunate as it is, the more spiritually enlightened you are, the more that everyone else around you truly does need you. And that becomes our burden, but it's, it's a burden and also a gift. But it, nevertheless, because of this physical existence, it is tiring. And, you know, listening to people and trying to help people, it can become exhausting. So that's why these practices are beneficial and almost necessary. But if you listen to like the ancient yogis or gurus, they talk about that these practices are really only there to help you lift off. And then you get to a point where you no longer need them because you're in a self-sustaining state of bliss or nirvana. But to this day, I still meditate and I, and I write in a journal. I think that journaling is one of the easiest and most beneficial ways to help you in your life as far as like, I mean, from almost everything, recovery, you know, dealing with anxiety or depression, even even just collectively writing down your thoughts to understand yourself better. And that's truly what I do every day when I have an epiphany or if I have a moment in my life that's negative or I didn't enjoy this experience, I had an argument with somebody, I write that experience down because that's the most important one. That moment of me losing myself, becoming unpeaceful is one of my biggest teachers because that's showing me where I'm still not. Journaling is so powerful. I have to say I meditate, but I don't journal regularly. And I really wish I did because I know it's powerful and I know it's very, very helpful. It sounds like you may use it more of as like a tool, if you will, as far as seeing you know what type of a mindset you're in or what triggers you might have for the day or so on and so forth. Would that be accurate? Yes, most definitely. It's a wonderful tool and I recommend it to anybody that is trying to currently go through or navigate a spiritual kind of awakening or even just practice in general. All right. You heard it from Cameron. We need to start journaling. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And what other advice would you have for somebody that is thinking they want to go down a spiritual path or that they might be going through a spiritual awakening process? What might they experience, do you think? Well, unfortunately, it's not always a very pleasant experience. There were times, you know, where I thought I was going crazy because I didn't fully understand what was happening to me, why I was having these thoughts. I think it's important to be honest with yourself and to just breathe and relax a little. It, you'll feel at times like you're having a panic attack. And certainly when you start to have this overwhelming, because this is the thing that people don't talk about is the, the wisdom that comes with this, this process. It's a deep wisdom that's inside you. That's not necessarily in your brain, but it's in you. And when this process starts to happen, it comes out and you start to feel really, really wise and you start to have thoughts that challenge everyone else's around you. What I would say is that keep track of that. Even though this experience is happening, yes, talk to people, but let them talk to you about it. You don't necessarily need to go to everyone you know, because that's certainly the first thing that happened to me is I felt like I needed to tell everyone. Not everyone is ready to receive this information. Not everyone is ready to see things the way that you might see them now. 
So just relax a little, let the process happen, enjoy it and learn from it and just trust your intuition. I agree. Did you ever find yourself getting frustrated with maybe a loved one or somebody that you were close to because they were not seeing things the spiritual yeah. way? Oh, must I mean almost everybody, almost everybody in my life, even my closest friends, I don't I don't know that they completely fully understand, you know. And I mean, and how could they? That's why I try to not judge because I understand. I mean, that's the biggest thing here. If there's one lesson to take away from, it's that when this is happening to you and people around you don't get you and you don't get them, that's just part of the process. You just have to find a way to do it. And if you can master that, if you can master loving people that don't get you unconditionally, then that's the whole battle right there. But it is difficult. It is frustrating. And what I try to often remind myself of is think about how the Buddha must have felt or how Jesus must have felt to have wisdom and to have a vision and a goal for the for the whole of humanity, not just for themselves, but a goal and a vision for all of us. And all they wanted to do was just to tell everyone and give people that wisdom who would listen. It's just it hasn't been and is not the time where everyone is going to fully receive this in the same way. And, you know, I don't know when that day will come. But you have to be patient. As a matter of fact, consider it this way. Consider it, this is part of your test. If everything is a test, and if all these negative, unhappy moments in your life are tests that have led you to the spiritual path, well, the test isn't over. This is now part of your test. Can you handle this wisdom while still dealing with people who are around you who are maybe not as enlightened or not as awake or not as functional or are still stuck in their ego and their ego desires? Can you handle that? And can you help those who come to you for that help? Right. Oh my goodness. I have experienced this so many times and I've had these conversations with others that are very spiritually minded. We found it a struggle. And I love the fact that you used it as a test. I can say that I definitely felt like I was being tested. I'm still being tested, especially when I get around a lot of family members or a lot of people. I find myself being tested. I know better. Sometimes I just have to remove myself from the situation, get grounded, and then re-enter. It's a whole process that I found of just kind of going back and forth and trying to find that happy medium. There's got to be a balance there. Definitely. I mean, all things have balance. Absolutely. All right. I want to shift back a little bit because I'm absolutely fascinated with this. It seems like men nowadays, and I promise you, I'm not putting this into a bucket, but it seems like it's a lot harder for men to take off that mask and really work on themselves, especially from a spiritual standpoint. Can you tell me personal challenges? You, you kind of alluded to a little bit of that, but some personal challenges or why you think it is so much more difficult for men to really open up to spirituality. Mainly because they're not honest and you know, willing to open up to themselves, let alone to something like spirituality. Especially here in the West, we have an idea, the iconic symbol of what a man is. You know, a man is you know, a guy that's six foot and has six, has a six pack or an eight pack and is muscular and is not afraid of anything. And the feeling of masculinity radiates off of them. And anything other than that is not a man. And we see this in sports teams. We see it in the military. We see it in, you know, the police department. We see it in firefighters. And it's a facade that we have created for ourselves over time. 
mm-hmm. over time, through thousands and thousands of years of repetition, we have developed, you know, the masculinity has its own ego in itself. And that's something that we adopt. Part of what happened to me was that when I was in the military, at first, when I got in, I was kind of soft, I was not very mean, and I had a kind heart. And I wanted to do the right thing and I wanted to serve my country. And other people around me were not necessarily there for the same reasons and did definitely did not appreciate somebody that was as soft as I was. It was difficult for me the first few years in the military. It was difficult for me because I wasn't the ideal epitome of what a man is. But when I finally got a chance to be in charge, I had to change myself. I had to change my identity or nobody would take me seriously. And as a matter of fact, my squad leader, my very first squad leader, when I was a team leader, told me, now it's in your hands and you need to be a pit bull or these guys aren't going to listen to you. He's like, you need to be so out of control that I have to pull back on the leash so that they see that you're wild, that you're crazy, and that you'll do things worse to them than what somebody else would. And that's truly how it had to be. And so I developed that persona and that wasn't me, but I had to adopt that to really thrive in the military. And I did. And the longer that I played that role, the easier it became and the more like me that it became. And then it led to things like doing steroids and being a bodybuilder and wanting to be physically intimidating so that people wouldn't even want to approach or talk to me. And those experiences were the my ego. Those are the things that I had to work on personally to see through them to become just the person who I was always meant to be back to the good, kind-hearted person I was. Yeah, exactly. So when you came out of the military and you had your spiritual awakening, did you find that you were becoming more your authentic self? And what transpired in that? Did you have more happiness and joy and peace? How did your life shift? Definitely. By doing self-analysis, becoming more self-aware, I realized I was doing those things like doing the steroids and just being really angry and really aggressive, really for no reason at all. I started to work on those things and I started to notice that I felt better. And then I realized that I am the master of my own thoughts and I can choose to be happy in any moment. All it takes is for the will to be there, the will to be happy no matter what is happening, to change my thought process when the time arises. And I just started doing that on a regular basis. And so that by nature led me to feel better because I was not forcing, but reminding myself to be happy more often. And whereas in my life previously, I never really did that. I never had times where I was like, dude, you're so angry right now. Just calm down and just you need to do something to be happy because being happy is better than being angry. That's interesting. Yeah. I completely believe that we are the master of our own thoughts and we can pick and choose happiness. We can find things in our life to be grateful and it completely shifts our whole outlook. And the fact that that you found that and you were able to utilize that is amazing. And I just really wish more and more people would learn that. And I'm sure they will. I noticed that you recently made a post with The Power of Now. Are you reading The Power of Now? Yes, I just started. It's a wonderful book. I'm very much into it. Very cool. Yeah, it's a great read. And there's a lot of talk about being present and really being aware of what we're feeling, what we're thinking. And again, mastering our thoughts, if you will, as you know, just by being present, which I think is absolutely key. So I hope you enjoy it. 
Mm, yes. Just, you know, just even a few pages in and we're talking about observing thoughts, you know, and even as far as I'd like to consider myself or think of myself as far as being spiritually enlightened, even just hearing a few pages in this, this thought of what does it truly mean to observe your thoughts and why are you actually doing that? Because I think that that gets overlooked is that we say a lot, you know, observe your thoughts, be the observer of your thoughts, but we don't tell people why they need to observe their thoughts. This book and this, you know, sentence where he was talking about it, it truly made way more sense to me when I had just read it that one time. And it's why are we doing this? We're doing this because if you listen to the voice in your head, which we all kind of avoid it because we're scared of it, but if you listen right. to it, but listen, listen to it without judgment, just see what's happening up there. You can identify things that you need to work on. You know, maybe you're worried about money and then this thought, this reoccurring thought of money keeps showing up. And then that's something that you need to work on. You need to stop being afraid of money. Stop thinking that you're not abundant. Stop being in the flight or fight mode and constantly being in fear. And this is something that's true for everyone. And it is hard. I, I, I don't want anyone to get the feeling that I'm just telling you to brush all your worldly problems off because they're still real in this life. Mm -hmm. They're real. But what I'm saying is just relax a little. There's plenty of time to worry. There's plenty of time to be afraid. But if you want, I'm giving you permission to be free. And that's it. Right. That's all you need. You just need permission and I'm giving it to you. If you want to be happy, be happy right now. Be happy in this moment and the next and the next. And then if you forget to be happy, just remind yourself politely to go back to being happy. Right. It's not a big leap. You don't go from zero to happy. Often, like you said, it's baby steps. It can be moment to moment to moment. Or for some people, it might be an hour to an hour or a day to day. You can definitely achieve happiness through work, through thoughts, and just being fully aware and present. Yes. Yeah. So... In closing, do you have any final words or advice for anybody that is going through a spiritual awakening process or that has questions about meditation or something that we covered today? Yes. For anybody listening, you're already doing an amazing step, which is by listening to people like us talk, by listening to podcasts that are similar, you know, just listening. If you're starting the process, it's more than likely that you have questions and you're wondering and you're feeling maybe a little alone and misunderstood. Just listen to podcasts like this or read a book. You know, I think that that's one of the biggest things that's helped me is reading books on spirituality and reading books by spiritual teachers like Ram Das, Alan Watts, Thich Nhat Hanh, you know, Pramananda Yogananda and the autobiography of a yogi. These books will help you understand what people in similar positions have been through. And just know that you're not alone, not truly, because we're all one, we're all connected. And if you're struggling with this time, with politics and the COVID stuff and all of that, just remember that everybody else is afraid too. And they are not on the same path as you right now because you're already a few steps ahead. You're self-aware and they're not yet. So be forgiving, be patient and be kind to those around you. Oh, those are beautiful words of wisdom. Thank you for sharing that. Gretchen, thank you for having me. Well, absolutely. And again, listeners, I want to remind you, please connect with Cameron at Hermit Radio. It's an absolutely amazing podcast. Um, great information on there. Great guests. And of course, he's a wonderful host. And I want to thank you all for listening and tuning in. 
Thanks for listening to the Spiritual Life Management Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please take a moment to like, subscribe, and share. It really helps us reach more listeners. If you want to connect, please drop your comments below or visit GretchenSmithCoaching.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at GretchenSmithCoaching or Facebook at Spiritual Life Management. Additional information on this episode can be found below in the show notes. 